Here we go. I'm Dave Johnson. It's hard to sleep this week, right? It's uh, Dallas week. And after all, why do we call it Dallas week? It's our team, right? The Washington football team. But anyway, oh, it's Dallas week. We got the full boat. Christian is, is he does that wonderful show every week on Monumental Network. Chris, get the plug in real quick. Monumental Sports Network by the book. Meg McDonald and I bringing you the latest when it comes to sports betting from five to seven. Sports betting coming to Maryland on Friday. So that's exciting. All right, that wasn't as quick a plug as I wanted, but that was well done there, Chris. George Wallace is at Washington Football Team's headquarters. Dave Preston, and of course, Rob Woodfork. And here we go. It is Dallas Week, and let's just get the conversation going. We'll start with you, George. You're at the epicenter. We have the news about Montez Sweat on the COVID-19 list. Logan Thomas, injured reserve. Uh, not to be cold about it, but let's face it, Montez Sweat had already been out for this team, and it was great to have Logan Thomas back. It's, it's, it's unfortunate for both players will not be about Dallas week. What should we know is, is you're at the headquarters. Well, yeah, I mean, the uh, Montez Sweat's uh, return is going to be delayed, no doubt about that. Look, losing Thomas is a big one, guys, because, look, you've he, been out since early October. I uh, came back, put touchdown passes back-to-back weeks, the one-handed grab last week. Uh, yeah, they started to win without him, but that was a big jolt to this offense to have him back. So I think that one's going to hurt. I really do. Uh, Curtis Samuel back for a second straight week, and he's practicing again today from what we saw. Uh, J.D. McKissick was out there. He missed last week with the concussion, uh, working on the side field, though, along with Landon Collins. Nice to get him back this week if they can, because this Cowboys offense is coming. I mean, they got a full, uh, you know, complement of, of wideouts. So the secondary, I think, is going to be tested this week. Uh, look, this team's just playing with a lot of confidence. They, uh, Jonathan Allen has said it multiple times that the practices weren't translating into games, and now they are, and you're starting to see them, uh, the, what the result of a good week of practice has done and credit to these guys for, for sticking with it. I mean, losing four straight being totally irrelevant, as we talked about, easily could have packed it up and gone the other way, but they haven't. Uh, they've stuck by their, their head coach and Taylor Heineke, and they've believed in themselves. They're playing with a lot of confidence right now, thinking that any time that they can get it done at any time. And, uh, you know, the big thing we've, we've seen is this team able to sustain drives, convert on third down, 10-minute drive, nine-minute drive, something we've never seen, we hadn't seen this team doing quite some time, especially now in the beginning of the year when they needed to sustain a drive to win a game. They couldn't do it. But now you're seeing it. And uh, I think that is a big thing, keeping the defense fresh, offense on the field, putting points on the board, and it's all equal to winning formula right now. And you've gotten yourself to where you wanted to be. December, five straight division games with everything still up for grabs. So that's all you could ask for right now. Again, the takeaway point is that, that, as I said before, uh, you just didn't flick the switch here. The result of this four-game winning streak is because they were obviously going through the proper practice habits and preparation since the start of, of this season. And as Jonathan Allen said, now it's clicking. Now they're seeing the rewards for all that hard work. And what underscores that is they're seeing the rewards for all the hard work with different players in the lineup. That is, uh, I think, also with something Ron Rivera said, that, that uh, the way they prepare – everybody can fit in and that is certainly bearing out as they're doing this as we mentioned without Montez Sweat, uh, Chase Young uh, you know the offensive line has to introduce himself each week to each other and now we're even having to introduce ourselves to the kicker. Uh, Rob continue this conversation where's your mindset right now? Well uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, just I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here I'm going to say if Washington wins this game on Sunday they're going to win the NFC East. Because if you look at the stretch run here for both teams, Washington, every single game from here on out is winnable. They're all, obviously, we've been talking about it all season, the five straight division games. 
Uh, they can beat any uh, the NFC East. It's any given Sunday in the NFL, just point blank. But especially when you talk about division games, so those can go either way. So I could see Washington losing out. I could see Washington winning out. But I, I, I kind of go closer to the side of them winning out. And uh, it, if they're going to win the division, they have to win this game because if you get down three games and then you have zero margin for error. Dallas has a has a tough game against Arizona left on their schedule, and I'm going to go ahead and say they're not going to win that game. So uh, really, you've got an opportunity here, uh, especially if you can complete the sweep of the Cowboys. But on Sunday, look, uh, Taylor Heineke is one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league right now. Uh, I gave him his flowers before uh, I wrote a column on WTOP.com this week about how this team is very Gibbsian right now because they have a bunch of no name guys who are out there just you know, playing together and winning games. So Dallas, yes, is the more talented team. The yes, Dallas has the better record in their playing from ahead, but you know, Washington kind of has that, um, you know, that, that, that it factor right now. And if they're able to, you know, continue to get in the end zone, finishing drives, stopping the opponent, you know, and and quietly, this Dallas defense is is really beatable. They have really been just kind of existing based on, uh, or at least playing well because their defense takes the ball away at a pretty high rate. So if you can take care of the football, if you can finish drives, uh, Dallas is a very beatable team. And you make a great point in column at WTOP because I'm old enough to vividly remember covering the Super Bowl that Mark Rippon won, and this was in the time kids pay attention. Google didn't exist and YouTube <laughs> didn't exist. So when he was first signed, was it Mark Rippin or was it Mark Rippian? We didn't even know how to say his name because you couldn't Google it. You couldn't find a YouTube highlight. And I agree with you. Washington will continue to have success if they continue the romance with the three-yard run. That's yeah. how Taylor Heineke has become the hottest quarterback in the NFL. It is 70, when Ron Rivera said that, a 77% completion over this four-game winning streak, I had to fact-check that, and he's dead on. It's because of the ground game. Let's keep it going. It's Dallas week. Dave Preston, you already have his, your Christmas trees up, for goodness sakes. Now you yeah, yeah, well It's, it's partially up. It, it's not all up. So, gee, tell your friend Penske that I still need – I still have to trim the tree a little all bit. Right. Quick question for Rob. You said you could see Washington winning all five. You said that you could see them losing all five. Do you see a 2-1-2 two, and two finish? No, no. Okay. Ties, ties are your thing. I think ties are the devil. You like them. And, and also – Dave, this is the only game with time zones involved. Dallas is an hour behind us. So that's, that's, I think that's so. Well, hey, uh, there's a saying, confidence in the wrong hands can be a dangerous team. This 2-6 and six team all of a sudden has the moxie of a contender. And it's you look at around the league where teams have these midseason winning streaks. I look at a Miami team that all of a sudden has won five straight to go from 1-7 and seven and think about where they're going to draft to 6-7 and seven on the cusp of the wild card in the AFC. Teams have a way of catching the right opponents at the right time. They caught Tampa when maybe the Buccaneers were a little bit more rusty than rested. They were missing some players. But you know what? That doesn't matter. You're confident that now you can beat the defending Super Bowl champs. You beat Carolina. You beat Seattle. You, then you go in and you beat Las Vegas. There's there's a certain amount of mojo working with this team. It's the running game. And you look, It's I think it's human nature where if the offensive linemen, if they're able to you know think together and work together well, it's much more better for their mindset than to attack, than to be passive and be in and be in pass protection the entire time. 
Washington's dominated the time of possession the last four weeks. They've uh, been able to get the ball uh, you know, effectively uh, moving the ball, uh, you know, moving the chains. My biggest surprise this past week was they were able to play well. They were able to play so well def- offensively without J.D. McKissick and able to play so well defensively without Landon Collins, who had been a spark plug for them. Concern about Dallas, they're number two in the league at uh, getting off the field on third downs. That Washington needs to be able to sustain drives. I think with the running game, they'll be able to do so because Dallas is not that good of a run defense. They're kind of middle of a, a pack right now. Christian, you look like you're being getting ready to be drafted by the NFL. You're waiting for the phone call. We can tell you revved up. You're coach guys in football. You're going to bring the sense and, and, and stability and knowledge to this conversation. Your thoughts, and I, I can tell. I can tell you're ready to bring it. <laughs> Absolutely. I could not agree more with you guys speaking about the run game, establishing that physical nature to this offense. And it's allowed Taylor Heineke to be able to throw. Now, you know, a lot of us are enamored with Heineke's play and what he's done for this team as of late, no doubt. But he almost gave the way, uh, game away against the Raiders a couple of late almost INTs. Um, I really do like Washington to keep it rolling, though, against the Dallas team. Yes, they've got the top offense in the National Football League, but the Washington defense coming together, it's almost like, Dave, and you're a, you call basketball for the Wizards. You know, sometimes I'm not saying this is sub- addition by subtraction, but guys have realized, hey, this is a unit defensively. We're 11 players. We're bigger than just one man, Chase Young or Montez Sweat, and Listen, Del Rio, it's almost like Steve Spagnuolo in Kansas City. He's made adjustments in season to really have this defense stepping up. 15 points they've allowed the past two games. And Tampa Bay, who puts up points in bunches, only scored 19 a couple of weeks ago. So this really balanced attack here. J.D. McKissick, key to this offense. Hopefully he'll be back here soon to help them out in that aspect. But, I mean, and and then Terry McLaurin, too. This guy will go over the middle and catch the football. Really impressive stuff. And how about John Bates? One last one. Has to step up for Logan Thomas, has done so really well. So, guys are playing well, no doubt. Wow. And to your point, Chi, to your, to your point, Chi, about the defense, you know, these guys said last week, Bobby McCain told us, he said, you know, it's not that they, it's, they're learning now. Um, you look, you're learning to play without Montez and Chase Young. Now, the secondary, it's not that they didn't trust each other before, but now they've learned to play together. It took adjustment time. It's all, they're all new back there. And they bought into the system. It's not that they didn't before. And he was very clear, call, clear about his words and careful. But he said they trust each other now and they believe. So once you get that and you know where def- you know, your teammate's going to be on certain plays, things like that. I mean, I could see that took time to get to. And, you know, you're seeing that now with the back-to-back weeks of only 15 points and getting off the field on third down, things like that. So, you, you're to, you know, to your point about Joe, Jack Delria, you got to give him credit and give these players credit also for sticking with it and starting to believe now and trusting each other. And you were talking about the almost interceptions by Taylor Heineke, hearing players talk, they love him. And the beauty of it is he just keeps going forward and he shakes it off and he still has them believing and he's still confident. So instead of when he makes a mistake, I think Washington fans aren't saying now, "Uh Oh, here it goes. He's going to collapse. He had his worst quarterback rating right before this four-game winning streak. So clearly, and, he knows how how to move on. And also, he, Georgia, he needs to be a lot less like a roller coaster ride, though. So you know, because he was playing yeah. there for a spell, then he throws the interception, and then the near interception. We would be having a very different conversation if Morig makes that catch and runs it back for a touchdown. So you know, obviously, football a game of inches, like the cliche goes, but. You know, Heineke still has another notch to kind of step his game up. 
No, no, but but that was my point though. He right. doesn't fold. He right. then tries to learn from. It. But yeah, it would be nice to be less of a roller coaster. He did ultimately go and finish that drive and get points. So that's yeah. at the end of the day what's important. George, you're ready to look like you're ready for the sideline. So now as we wrap up our Cowboys uh, Washington conversation, reason to be encouraged, discouraged, your thoughts, who's going to win? Hey, it's cold out here, okay? We're staying practicing. Look, Ron Rivera practicing in the elements, okay? We got to be ready. Got to be ready. Um, I, I Look, I, I definitely encourage, look, the way they've done, the way they've bounced back, like we talked about, playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, I, I worry, though, that it's going to be a time, you know, those, those interceptions that, that Heineke throws, you know, the ones in the end zone or the one like last week against a team like Dallas, I just worry about if he does make that kind of mistake, being able to overcome it. Look, Dallas is what it is, and they've lost a couple here and there, but they are still, you know, a dangerous team. They're still in first place for a reason. And, you know, I, I, I just worry that eventually one of those mistakes is going to – they're not going to be able to come overcome one of those uh, mistakes. Look, if you get Landon Collins back this week and J.D. McKissick, I think that is huge. Uh, for this offense and for this defense. I think it's going to be close Sunday, but I think I'm giving the edge to Dallas just because I, I think it's, you know, I, I still think they're a better team right now, and you just worry that Heineke's been living on the edge a little bit here, and if he makes that mistake, you're not able to overcome. I think Dallas wins a close one on Sunday. Oh, and we're living on the edge, period. It's six, it's six and six. Dave Preston? Right. I think it's going to be another close one. I think Dallas is going to be able to get things done uh, offensively. They lead the league in passing yardage. Uh, and I just, I think that this is where the D, the uh, Washington defense takes a step back. They've played over their heads the last couple of weeks, 15 points against the Raiders, 15 points to a, albeit undermanned Seattle team, but Washington is still, you know, the worst in the league at getting off the field on third down third to worst at defending the pass. I think that uh, Dallas is able to exploit those weaknesses uh, this time. And for some reason, I just don't think that things are going to click at the roulette table for Mr. Heineke. All right. And I'll dovetail off that and say, I believe Washington wins, but if in a capitals letters, I F if they are able to run the ball and win the time of possession and keep Dallas offense off the field, uh, at least a good portion of the game. That's how I think they do win. Otherwise it's not going to happen. Rob. And uh, as the guy that everybody accuses of being too negative about Washington, I'm actually going to pick the Burgundy and Gold to win this week because you look at the matchup here. Look, guys, uh, Dallas gives up 111 rushing yards per game. Washington's been averaging 140 over the course of this win streak. So uh, I think Washington runs the ball. They dominate the clock. And uh, I mean, to your point, I mean, turnovers is going to be key. If they win the turnover battle, I think they win this game by at least a touchdown. I'm going to take Washington like 21 to 17 or something to that effect. But yeah, a close game, but I think Washington is playing together more than Dallas is uh, over the course of the last month. Yeah, no, and if they're going to win, it's going to have to be a score like that, 21-17, right, not right. a wild. Yeah, 33 to 30 ain't going to be a thing. <laughs> no, all right. The big G, drum roll, please. Well, I've got to put my betting hat here on, Dave, and say that Dallas does not cover the four points, but Washington ends up losing this one. It's going to be a very close game. I see something like 21-20 Dallas winning it. I like Washington and really what they're doing as of late here. I just think, is their secondary good enough to contain the likes of CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, 
Amari Cooper, if he's feeling okay, he was kind of, uh, you know, under the weather in their last game, but he still makes big catches there. And um, the run game with Dallas, I'm not going to say Ezekiel Elliott, it's more Tony Pollard. This guy, when he gets through the hole and can explode, can really break one through. So I think it's going to be a great game. I really like the under 48 um, and Washington to cover, but not win. 48 is high. That's a high number. <laughs> well, that's yeah. why. Yeah, that is a high number for the over. Yeah, well, it's an easy. It is the principal. <laughs> the Prince of Parlays, Christian. All right, the audible at the line of scrimmage. George, what's what's what uh, whatever topic ever? It's all. We'll start the floor with you or the car. All right, we <laughs> uh, we let's just touch on the baseball situation a little bit. I know a lot of people complaining and, and worried about uh, the lockout right now and and this and that, but I I I'm going to actually have a positive outlook on this because baseball. I think both sides realize that. Look, it's like doing your homework, right? In the school, why are we getting a deal done now? We don't have to get it done until right before spring training, right? Why do your homework before when it's not due to the day before? So, or due until February. So I think they are going to get a deal done. But look, if let's say, for instance, they don't and the season is shortened, baseball is going to lose a lot of people this time around, guys. I think, look, 94, you had the, you had the strike, but then you had the, the steroid era and the long ball after that. You had Cal Ripken after that. You lost fans already with COVID, even though fans were allowed back last year. The places weren't full. If they don't get something done and and shorten the season this year, I think you're going to see a lot of fans not come back. That's why I think that these guys actually out for a change, and maybe they're going to be on the same page and get something done before spring training. Because if not, they're going to be in trouble. And, and to not to, I know this is oversimplifying, and maybe it can't be done. But we are still in a pandemic, guys. I'd be saying to baseball, whatever deal, just extend it for another year. Get through this. Because talk about being tone deaf. When you just have teams spend $2 billion on players before this whole thing shut down, there's a lot of people in businesses that haven't recovered yet. So yeah. people can't even fathom what they're arguing about. Dave Preston? Uh, an era ends in College Park. Uh, men's college basketball coach Mark Turgeon stepped away uh, from the program this past Friday. Uh, uh, Ten-plus seasons at the helm. Uh, he uh, But he led them to just one Sweet 16 in his tenure. Now, granted, the last seven years under Gary Williams, they did not reach the Sweet 16. I think they won one uh, NCAA tournament game. and or, uh, Actually, I think they won two tournament games. They did not get to Saturday in the ACC tournament. Maryland is a job that it's not a blue blood, but there are very high expectations thanks to Lefty Drizel and Gary Williams and what those two Hall of Famers did in that building, Cole Fieldhouse and by extension Xfinity Center. Whoever gets this new job, there will be high expectations. That means once every four years, you are to get to Saturday in the Big Ten tournament, meeting the semifinals. You are to at least be in the mix for a Big Ten regular season championship. Maybe not win, but at least be in the mix and you are to get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament at least once every four years. Those are the standards. That is what whomever gets this job is going to have to answer to. By the way, shout out to James Madison for that whatever Virginia the other night. Uh, Chris, or last night maybe. Chris, see, what's your audible? I'm heading up to Baltimore, or really, I should say Cleveland. That's where the Ravens are going to be taking on the Browns this weekend. Browns coming off a bye here. It is gut check time for this Ravens team. I went to the uh, Browns-Ravens game Sunday night football in M&T Bank Stadium a couple of weeks ago, and that may be and or end up being the highlight 
of this Ravens season. They are now decimated with injuries. Marlon Humphrey, along with Marcus Peters, to start the season. I mean, they're relying on Tavon Young, um, the Oxen Hill product, who went to Potomac High School. Hopefully he steps up here. Jimmy Smith, a veteran there. Averett from Alabama. Um, but I, I just don't know that it's going to be enough They've got some young linebackers here, but, you know, and I hate to use the narrative must win, but to me, Lamar needs to really take over here. This has not been one his best stretch of games here. Hopefully Greg Roman and this Ravens team kind of figure out that they need a good run pass mix and get their offense supercharged here against, I mean, listen, I, you'll hear it in the FanDuel spots this week on WTOP. Lamar is better than Baker Mayfield. So you, you the game is for the taking. You got to go win it out in Cleveland. All right, there we go. Boy, we got more plug. We're going to have to bill you for this stuff. All right, Rob, uh, <laughs> bring us home as we finish the line of scrimmage. I mean, I've already given you guys the, the, the golden nugget here. Uh, I got Washington winning the NFC East. I think they win. They beat the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. I think they sweep the season series. Uh, I think in addition to those two losses for Dallas, they're going to lose to Arizona. Washington will probably trip up in one of the Philly games. Uh, but uh, I think they end up uh, tied and Washington gets the tiebreaker by virtue of the sweep. All right. And I'll close quickly on the Wizards. It's, it's been, I'll let, it's December. If all-star break, this roster is still 27th in the NBA in three-point shooting and Bradley Beal is still shooting 25% beyond the arc, then it's a big problem. But until then, welcome to the NBA. You know, 14 and 11, 14, whatever, is you, you get to the all-star break and then you better kick in because nobody ever won a title at the all-star break. I can think of Michael Jordan's first year playing with the Wizards way back when, and the Wizards were on top of the world at the all-star break and didn't make the playoffs. So the point is, uh, I never thought I'd say this, but it's a Wizards offense that has to get into sync now and not so much the defense, but they still have to play defense. Who yeah. is uh, who is chopping at the bit? <laughs> no, I'll just, I'll just add this to your point uh, about the Wizards. Uh, I would always, when I would take my daughter to Wizards games, she would always get discouraged like early on when the other team was up by like five. And I'm like, Jasmine, look, they're, they, uh, everybody makes a run in the NBA. So whatever you're seeing now is not going to be the case in the second quarter or the third quarter or the fourth quarter. And I think that's also true of a season long grind is you're going to have 10 game windows where, you know, you can't buy a three pointer, which is what the wizards are going through now, but they'll probably have a hot streak. Like you said, right around the all-star break or somewhere there. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not super worried about this team, but at the same time, like, you guys got to start making shots. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, and and look, uh, they're, they're, we're looking at this game in ten games, season ten game seven segments. First ten games seven and three. Mm -hmm. Second ten game segment six and four. No shame in that. They're now in the third ten game segment. They got to get busy here over the next week or so, and now with a favorable schedule. All right, in, I, I hate to uh, interject at the line. I'm probably encroaching, Dave. But if if somebody had said at the beginning of the season. People would be bummed when the Wizards were 14 and 11. Hey, I'd, I'd take that. No, we didn't think this team, it's a credit to Wes Unsell Jr. That, that this team is playing this well this early in his tenure. Right. And it's all my fault. This audible line of scrimmage has gone too long. So somebody throw a flag at me. For George Wallace, Dave Preston, Christian, who's going to get drafted in the first round always, and Rob Woodford. That's a DC sports huddle. We'll see you next week and see who's right about Dallas week. Break. Hey.